It is Friday, June 23rd, 2023, and welcome to episode 235 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm Jamil Jaffer, NSI founder and executive director, and I'm joined by NSI's deputy director, Jessica Jones, and Morgan Venia, senior fellow at NSI and former chief to UN ambassador and the newest permanent member, not of the UN Security Council, but of the Fault Lines podcast. So today we're talking about the U.S.-India relationship. Prime Minister Narendra Modi uh, was just here in the United States, had a big state dinner with President Biden, uh, gave, a, gave a speech to the joint session of Congress, and the U.S. and India announced a number of major initiatives uh, moving the ball forward on a critical strategic relationship in the Indo-Pacific. They announced uh, measures on visas, allowing uh, Indian Indians coming to the United States to more easily renew their H-1B visas without having to return uh, or leave, leave the United States. They announced investments in critical minerals, uh, chip makers, chip making, uh, new agreements on trade to get rid of some existing trade disputes um, and the like, and include, as well as solar power. So big deals, obviously a lot of big defense deals as well. Uh, General Electric will be making engines uh, for some fighter jets in India. Uh, India will be able to purchase MQ armed MQ or armament capable MQ-9 Reapers. Uh, so a lot going on. India, of course, a major uh, non-NATO ally when it comes to defense, a unique designation in U.S. law. Uh, so an important thing, and of course, an important uh, relationship uh, when it comes to uh, U.S. relations with China. Uh, Secretary of State uh, Antony Blinken, I almost said Prime Minister, I'm not sure why. Secretary of <laughs> State Antony Blinken was just in China uh, trying to mend fences and trying to create a thaw, as President Biden has called for in the relationship. It doesn't appear that China necessarily wants a thaw. Uh, President Xi did meet with Secretary of State Blinken, uh, but they didn't come to any core agreements, as you heard on our recent podcast. So we're looking to India, a key part of the Quad partnership, along with Japan and Australia and the United States, all Pacific nations, uh, and a key bulwark, uh, as many have said, uh, for the United States and our allies in the region. Uh, interestingly, the, the joint statement did note the coercion taking place, uh, both economic and the like, in the, in the Indo-Pacific region by unnamed nation states. You can all guess who it is. Uh, as well as uh, threats to uh, threats to open travel uh, and the like, and the need for freedom of navigation, um, including uh, in the South China Sea. So we all know who any of the United States are talking about. We see this budding relationship. Morgan, what do you think? Yeah, no, this visit was clearly design, designed to, to woo Modi. Uh, the United States and India clearly share you know, competition with China as one of their main foreign policy challenges. And so, and as you mentioned, they achieved a lot of different, you know, Agreements were able to check off a lot of uh, partnerships, whether it was you know semiconductors, supply chain diversification, defense, etc. So I think those are all positive developments. At the same time, though, you know when we take a look at India and the, its sort of broader foreign policy, it's still a member of the nine-aligned movement, and so there are existing challenges, particularly with Indi India's. Um, uh, partnership with Russia, particularly in the defense mm -hmm. space. Um, that's not going to change anytime soon. But I think particularly on the China, on the China piece, that that is very important and something that uh, the United States should make progress in. I think Biden, you know, made some pretty good steps in the right direction. But I think a lot of this is going to a lot of the work is going to be done after Modi goes yeah. home. 
No, that's a great point. And, you know, the, China, the, the Indian relationship with Russia goes back to the Cold War, the U.S. Uh, relationship with Pakistan, us supplying them fighter jets and the Russians supplying the Indians with supplies. But, I mean, look, $157 billion in trade between our two nations, right? Four million Indian immigrants. I'm one of them uh, <laughs> living here in the United States. I guess I'm not. I mean, three generations back, I guess I'm ethnically one of them. But we came through East Africa, so uh, maybe not exactly, uh, uh, um, you know, but, but just I mean, what do you think? Morgan seems to think this is a this is a strong move for the U.S. And wait, was that Morgan complimenting the Biden yeah, administration? Yeah, that was, I believe, uh, Morgan. We didn't go that far. We didn't go oh. that far. All but right. I recognize progress when I see it. All right. Jess? Um, I mean, to all those points, I mean, I think it's a, a huge win for both India and a huge win for Modi himself. Right. I think, you know, a little less than 20 years ago, he was denied a visa to even come to the United States. And you still have criticism here and abroad about what's, you know, his consolidation of powers and human rights criticism. But he's getting this, you know, a state dinner. Um, I do think it's interesting. The fact sheet, the White House fact sheet has all of, you know, the tech cooperation. And second is defense, because as Morgan uh, rightly points out, they're a huge defense partner with Russia, which means ongoing ties. They continue to supply a lifeline buying Russian oil, coal, fertilizer. And so to the point of being non-aligned, you know, they have enough yeah. political clout and economic power to be able to take opportunities that they come and make deals that they want to. So as much yeah. as I think it was Modi calling it, what, the defining partnership of the century between U.S. and India, I mean, they get to really pick who they want to work with. And at times it's not going to be the U.S. And there's not much we're going to be able to do about that, it seems. That that really is the trick, right, Morgan? What about that? I mean, that's a real problem, right? I mean, they are the I in BRICS, right? And the other, I mean, the rest are all a mix of not great, not great countries, Brazil, Russia, China. I mean, do we really think, I mean, India has been very good about playing this non-aligned game for a long, long time. I mean, do we really think they're going to come over and be a solid ally? I mean, they're talking, they're saying the right things, but you know, Modi, I mean, you know, for all of his, you know, productiveness and he's, you know, he's from Gujarat like I am, but of course I'm Muslim, he's Hindu and he's got that Muslim Hindu thing going <laughs> yeah, on. It's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing. thing. <laughs> um, what do we, I mean, do we, do we think he's, can he pull it off himself? I mean, and, and can, and, and can this partnership really be real? You know, I think this visit was a really a bear hug for 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 both countries. Um, a lot of flattery, a lot of flowery language involved. Um, but I think it's important to note that Modi made a very important point to talk about India as a global power. It's the most populous mm. country in the world. It's the fifth largest economy. Large um, democracy. Right. So, I, I, so genuinely, I think Modi wants to elevate. Uh, himself as a global leader, as a global mm. power, um, and, and less as a, um, a, a developing, um, middle, middle country, so to speak. I mean, yeah. regardless, the, the BRICS is important, but I think in, or I think Modi sees himself as, as moving beyond just that, that forum. Yeah. I, I kind of want to play the less in the group because I feel like if less is here, <laughs> he would say, you know, is there a middle ground? Is there a way to not continuously flatter Modi, but of course, like embrace and welcome India as a country, right? And to being a global power. Because at the end of the day, Modi's not going to be around forever, right? And there, there is criticisms, but like, how do we stay on the right side of history and, and who might come to power next? Yeah, I don't know about that, Jess, because I'm not, Les might say that, but they would also cut against this whole thing about how our foreign policy on China has been schizophrenic and it goes back and forth and we're nice and we're mean. I mean, Les, Les likes it both ways, right? He wants us to be, to be sort of middle of the road, Diplomacy. but then when, when we are middle of the road, he doesn't like us being middle of the road either. So you can't win. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I do think that they're like the criticism of Modi obviously is valid, but at the end of the day, net, net, he's been economically very positive for, for India. From a from a relationship with the United States has been he's been a net win for the United mm -hmm. States, right? And continues to be. So, you know, again, we have a lot of a lot of our a lot of our friends who we don't love on human rights and, and, and stuff, and we we're critical of them. But, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, 
I'm a realist when it comes to foreign policy, and India is a critical piece uh, of the U.S. Um, of the U.S. alliance uh, there in the Indo-Pacific. That quad is there's nothing more important to our pushing back on China than the U.S. quad relationship and the U.S. EU relationship. And the U.S. EU relationship right now in China isn't great because uh, the Europeans are still, even after they learned less about the Russians, they're still not learning it on, apparently on, on, on China. Morgan, you get the last word. <laughs> I see a lot of uh, opportunity with the U.S. partnership with India, um, not only in the, the the tech and the telecom space and critical minerals, but I think you know from a from a foreign policy standpoint, um, I don't see us wooing over Modi anytime soon from from a non-aligned position. But yeah. I do see opportunities for for greater um, partnership moving forward, um, particularly in energy and in the defense space. Awesome. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks uh, to all of us for being here. Thanks to Brooke Khan from NSI and Claude Jennings for the help producing today's episode. Please join us again next Monday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debates shaking America. We're also now up on YouTube, so check out our friendly smiling faces on NSI's YouTube page. And if you like what you heard, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And by the way, folks, after July 4th, we have a special series this summer. So get ready for a special weekly Fault Line series. We'll tell you all about it in the next week or so.